Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. Online at RedRiverToyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphian, also the host of the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how's your day going? It's good. My day is good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Hot out. Hot out. Me and me and Connor yeah, were just so making the comment. It's, uh... it's even a little sticky here in the uh, studio. Really? Yeah. Well, I, uh, I haven't been outside a whole lot. I did. Uh, I went to radio. And uh, did did my served my my stint on radio, and then I Your stint. went to Gus's for lunch. Nice. And since then, I've been answering emails. I get a lot of emails. I've gotten emails on two topics, and I'm catching up on. I try to answer every email, and I still the one problem is, um, you, you in this world, there's too many places where people can reach out to you. So they can reach out to me Correct. at the Daily Memphian. I have my Gmail account. I have my, let's see what else, other ways to reach me, Facebook Messenger and Twitter direct messages and texts. I ignore Instagram. I'm on it, but I'm never on it. And I intentionally do not know how to access my uh, email at the radio station, which they make me have. And so, that's, is I, that I, why I, you were so overdue on your uh, – That's why I – exactly. Your, I, your, I didn't – Modules, exactly. if you will. I did not do my uh, my human resources <laughs> modules because I don't get emails, uh, and so and then I forget my log. It is like at some point it's absurd. Yep, it is absurd how reachable we all are. If I put my phone down as I did for about half an hour earlier this afternoon, I then pick it up half an hour, and I feel, and I I feel compelled to oh what did like. Oh, in the last half an hour, seven of these things have tried to get in touch with me. I feel an obligation to get in touch with them, to, to respond to them all. But um, I, I, this time, the last couple of days, um, I, I was lucky enough to win some writing awards, and people have been congratulating Congrats, me, and I like way, to write yes. those. I like to write people back and thank them. That's nice. And then, and then it's weird because – I've written now two columns with John Morant. The first one was just about what a moron he was to do this. And then the second one was wrestling with the question that I think we wrestled with yesterday, which is what exactly did he do wrong? And no one liked that second column. (laughs) So I'm just getting killed for it. And I think both columns have more than 80 comments on them now at the, but like people are really, I know everyone might say they're sick of this and jot out and whatever else. And I, I think there's an element of that. But I also think people have really strong opinions about this, as, as seems appropriate, and particularly because it plugs into or seems to plug into so many other issues, particularly um, obsession with social media and particularly guns yep. and how we and, – and, 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 and honestly – Guns in Memphis, which is a, uh, you know, hell, we had the shootout at Tugs this past weekend. Did you follow the shootout at Tugs? At where? 
at Tugs? Did you? Did no, you hear I, about I, I have, I have, I didn't get to follow that one. There's, oh there's well, no hey, let me tell you about. It. Let me, let me bring you up to speed. Here's All what right, happened. Come at on, Tugs. Uh, Connor. Do you know about this shootout? Connor's I do. Gone. Yeah, I do. Yes, you know about the shootout. Okay, I do. I'm not making it up. Okay, so uh, in this one, apparently, um. According to the police, well, there's different versions. You've got the version that Tugs put out. You've got, is it Tugs or Tug? Tugs, I think, right? Tugs with mass. You've got the version they put out. You've got the police report. And then you have various eyewitness reports that show up on your neighborhood block, right? So yep. on your neighborhood next door. But what seems to have happened is that a car pulled up, a dude gets out, or maybe multiple dudes, kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, with a gun and someone who was dining at the restaurant says, Oh hell, they're coming for me. Essentially mm-hmm. goes sprinting into the restaurant. He, uh, a shootout, the, 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 the bad guys, well, I don't know who the bad guy is, but the assailants then run in the restaurant after this dude and everyone open fire, opens fire. Um, supposedly, after the thing was cleared out or the police came or whatever, someone fell from the ceiling onto the kitchen floor. And it was it was a fellow, according to reports, who had sprinted to hiding in the restaurant, had been chased into the restaurant. And he somehow got up into the ceiling to hide. <laughs> and then subsequently, a couple hours later, someone who'd been shot showed up at the hospital. And oh, this is the Baptist East situation. No, no, that's a different one. Okay, it's a sorry. different situation. Okay, you're sorry. Shoot out sorry. Yeah, golly. I, I see, I, I, I had one. figured that one out. Where the, they they delivered two people week. with private vehicles, and I, I passed that situation. It was like 65. That, one, that was last week. That was this weekend. You okay, try to keep okay. Up. Yeah, I'll try. And, uh, and anyway, and that the person who one of the, the person who was shot evidently uh, was uh, one of the one of the assailants who had chased this, uh, the, the fellow in the, in the tug. So it wild, wild, uh, scene down there. And I think the only person who was hit was one of the assailants originally, which is, that's good news. Um, but the point is we have opinions about, about guns and yes. about what has become of our society, right? Larger issues. It's, and, and plus people love the Grizzlies. Honestly, they love the Grizzlies and they want good things for jaw and they're exasperated and frustrated. And so for all kinds of reasons, even though we are sick of this story, I think people are incredibly drawn to the story. Well, of course. And I, 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 I heard you sort of talking about a blueprint of a suspension. And I, I struggle with that so heavily. J.J. Redick, I thought, had some good points. And he said 16 games, even though he sort of recanted later once Ryan Clark spoke on first take this morning, saying, I, I don't know if I can really be in the spot to – to make guesses on this, but it's just there's no there's no real precedent for this Wait, so exact JJ, situation. JJ, what did JJ say, and then how did he recant? What was he? What well, was his original? He, he basically said that there's no laws being broken. Twenty five to sixty games is usually for guys with PEDs or guys that have guns yeah. in locker rooms and and guys that cheated the game. And John Morant didn't break any laws, so I think doubling up on you know he he used the word okay. second time offender. I mean, that's so sort of the going, idea. But then 16. later when Ryan Clark spoke, he said, you know, I, I did say 16 games, but at the same time, it's it's really hard to speculate on, on okay, what, what, what Ryan, the situation. What had Ryan Clark said? that, that he, said he said he's not in any place to speculate on games. He's a former player, and he doesn't like doing that. That's sort of the idea. That, that well, J.J. Reddick, your high horse, yeah, that's what that, but, we, but J.J. Reddick was right along hits. with him. Ryan Clark, you're, on a, you're a talker <laughs> on an ESPN. We're in an opinion business. If this we is an got opinion rid of speculation, business. There would be no ESPN. Let's be honest. So come on, yes, right? get no. off your high horse. <laughs> and um, you're on first take. It's a first take. <laughs> yes, the word, have a take. The, the, the name of the show is first take. <laughs> uh, it's not first fact. It's first <laughs> take. Literally, it's embedded in the actual name of the thing. So uh, I, I'll, I'll say this: there are things that one can speculate on that are informed speculation, or that like. There are sometimes when we speculate that are based on conversations we've had with people right. behind the scenes, right? And that's that's uh, that would be called informed speculation. Any speculation you have heard about this is only informed by 
Adrian Wojnarowski seems, I, I, I'll take that back. His might have been informed by conversations, but for the rest of us, including, I believe, Ryan Clark and whoever else and J.J. Redick and certainly me and whatever, it's only informed by looking at precedent. It's not based on this is what we know Adam Silver is thinking or this is what we've heard Adam Silver is thinking because there's been no conversation behind the scenes, so far as I can tell, about that. So it's only... But, but precedent, there's not a whole lot of precedent for non-law-breaking, no, well, no real NBA well, that, protocol violated technically. That in and of itself, that in and of itself is precedent. <laughs> like, if you don't see pu- people getting whacked and punished, <laughs> For non-law-breaking, non-domestic yes, violence. Yes. Okay. Yes. That That's the president. That is, is the president. Yes. And so, there is no precedent for a and 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 I would urge people to read Chris Harrington's piece that went up today. Uh, that's very nuanced and thoughtful about all of this. Um, is yeah, he 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 literally lists out in the in the piece all the suspensions, whatever, for the last two decades or something of 20 games or more. And there's nothing that looks like this. There's nothing that looks like this. Um, the, the, the closest thing that's kind of like looks a little bit like the Kyrie thing from this past year, eight games and the jaw thing, eight games from this past year were the, uh, this other sort of suspension. Well, it's uh, you didn't do anything criminal as far as we can tell. And, or as far as we could prove, but eh. It's a bad look. It's, yeah. the, it's the bad look suspension. Yes. And the bad look suspension seems to be whether you're promoting an anti-Semitic movie or whether you're hanging out in a strip club with a gun, the bad look suspension, at least the first offense bad look suspension, seems to be, according to recent precedent, eight games. This would be a second strike bad look suspension, <laughs> which might which might suggest, all right, I actually think J.J. is onto something. Like, I think yeah. – it's the same category of suspension that he got. But the second time, yes. But it's the second time. And so, therefore, the uh, therefore the severity, you would think, of the discipline would be increased because specifically and only it is a second time. So, um, But there's not a lot of precedent for it. Um, there is, though, and, you know, again, in the column today, I, I, I argued a little bit like, uh, somewhat devils are uh, uh, like, what exactly did he do? Like, what what is the rule that you're saying he violated? We talked about that yesterday. But the other way to spin that is, I think, if we're talking about conduct detrimental to the league, the fact that he is a megastar maybe shouldn't matter, but it does it make does. more, it makes the conduct more, quote unquote, detrimental to the Correct. league, right? Because he, as someone who is, got all the advantages and money and everything else that comes from being one of the faces of the league. Therefore, when he screws up, it is honestly more detrimental to the league. It just is. So that's one thing that's at play here. And second thing at play here is, is just in the end, the cumulative nature of it all. And that doesn't, it's not just this incident and the Denver incident. It's the incident in the shoe store. It's the incident yep. at the, with the kid. It's the incident. And after a while, you're just like, if this truly, if that, not, not the jaw as a kid, but if you were a parent and you were like, after the fifth or sixth, or you just say, I don't care that, that this time, you know, you only blew curfew by an hour and this one wasn't as bad. Like enough is enough. We have to, something has to sink in here. And, uh, and again, I'll be interested to see if the union pushes back and if Silver can make that stick and all of that. But that is, to me, the logic. It's, it's the magnitude of, of jaw. It's the fact that guns are actually a real something that the NBA should and does take seriously and as a, as a place that understands that its players are, in fact, role models for young uh, men in America – and it's the fact that this is just like this has been going on now. I mean, what what was it? You know, almost a year yep. uh, of just constant screwing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's he's shown us he's shown us the decision making is just not there. And and I I said that off the top of the show. He's held to a different standard. I don't think is there anyone arguing he shouldn't be held to a different standard though? 
Consider like if if it was oh, a role player, I, I we had that. If it was Jordan McLaughlin that did it, you know, like he should be held to a higher standard than Jordan McLaughlin. I, I mean, the argument would be it, this is a standard of behavior. Like, why should um, he? If, the idea with this, if Nike wants to hold him to a different standard because you're, you're literally just you're hiring him to be a spokesperson, the Grizzlies are hiring to 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 to, to make baskets and. And he doesn't have to be some, you know, role model there. He's he is subjected to the same collective bargaining agreement that everybody else is. There's not job rules and 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 everybody else rules. And so, but I, I don't mind him being held higher held to a higher standard at all. I I don't have any issue with it. So, yeah. um, but but uh, yeah, I I don't know if, for example, if you if you um, if you if there was some grievance procedure and you could take this to an arbitrator or something, an arbitrator with the arbitrator, would you really with a straight face say we're meeting out a stiffer punishment to John Morant because he's John Morant. I'm not sure an arbitrator would, would be persuaded by that. Yeah. And I, I, with the NBA players association, I don't see it being an issue unless it exceeds 20 to 25 games. I don't, I don't think the NBA players association, I haven't seen a lot of, uh, uh, colleagues in the NBA really come to John's defense. I haven't seen anybody in the right? entire universe of defending John. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know, well, like, you, well, you see sort of the, the different arguments about, well, he didn't break a law, and why does why does yeah, this guy with a gun get viewed him. differently than Ja with a gun? You see some of that, some no, of the no. defense. Well, listen, I made that I, – I didn't make that argument in terms of I, – I think lots of people have have pointed out that it is jarring – a jarring juxtaposition in America when he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, technically by the law. And when you look at the, how awash we are in guns, that's different. I haven't seen people then say, and so do what John did was fine. I defend him. I don't oh, think. Okay. Okay. I, okay, I get you. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. I, I think we wrestle with the complexity of what do you do when he didn't do anything illegal? And when guns are everywhere, there's some like, value to some of the bigger picture conversations that are being had. I, I will say that I really do. Um, but I, so I, it is, it is startling though, your larger point that everyone is, here's the thing too. Like the other reason to come down hard on him is that he just very clearly has not taken any of this seriously. Right. And, and so you do wonder what is the punishment? Like the, what, what he just, uh, got by way of punishment $40 million fine, essentially, by not being on an all-NDA team. Public humiliation, having to, you know, uh, apologize, uh, uh, suspension, all of this. You, like, that's the kind of thing that you would think, okay, that's going to sink in. Like, that's got to hurt, you know? And so partly when you are coming up with the punishment now or the discipline now, it seems to me you're coming up with discipline that um, – that you want to say, well, all right, well, I don't know what it's going to take, uh, but but you want to come up with something that will make him take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Now, Desmond Bain surgery on his foot. We sort of knew that was the case. I am uh, I'm damn impressed he was able to do what he did in the playoffs and even the back half of the season with a with a fractured toe. That that couldn't have been easy. And he was still a plus defender, still around 21 points per game. He was 25 five and five before that. I, I think a positive update. If he's going to make a full recovery, we've seen we've seen an example of what he can be when he's fully healthy. Uh, yeah, I I think it's another reason to putting all this drama aside for a minute. <laughs> I'm trying. Be pretty optimistic if you can just get everybody back playing and focused on basketball. Um, it's a it's a damn good nucleus. Um, it's interesting. I it the, the the press release there said procedure. Yeah, um, it's the. Do you, do you know how to pronounce this bone? The sesamoid bone. Sesamoid. Yeah, the sesamoid. The, bone. Sesamoid the medial bone? sesamoid. Sesamoid. The medial bone. sesamoid bone. I just googled medial sesamoid bone procedures, which is uh, how we learn everything now. And what immediately comes up on WebMD, <laughs> nice, is the sesamoidectomy. Is what it comes <laughs> up, and what it suggests is the sesamoid bone. And I don't know if this is exactly what happened, but it, what it suggests is that what they do is they, they excise the sesamoid bone. They go in and uh, presumably they say open sesamoid, and then they 
extract the sesamoid bone and then you are you are you are you are boneless going forward you know like and uh he's really a boneless wing two bad puns in one segment <laughs> open sesamoid and, uh, so, yeah, I, I am, but, i'm recovering right now i had to step I away from the mic a for repaired, a second my point is i don't it doesn't appear that they repaired the sesamoid i think he is short one sesamoid they just got rid of it Here's the thing. Uh, through your, very, uh, through your research, do, does it mean anything? Does it mean anything? Does the sesame, is it like an appendix? You pull out the appendix, you know, you can, you're fine. Doesn't matter. It seems to be that you can do just fine without a sesamoid bone. Okay. It's a little bone that you can do just fine without. It, 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 it appears uh, to have caused pain and, and misery and all of that. He obviously adjusted. Yeah. Um, when he first came back, he struggled with it. Um, he was, you know, as LeBron, he was never out. as good as he was before the injury. Yeah. He was fantastic. Right. But, but damn, I, it's the, the, some of those games he played in, in the, in the Lakers series, 36 points, multiple 30 no, point performances. Absolutely. Damn. He didn't shoot that well from three. No, like, no, but he was attacking, getting downhill, playing good defense. He was great. He was great. But what my point is, I think there's even better there for Oh, a hundred percent. I guess that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. there, I would argue easily all-star upside before he really got hurt. 25-5-5 and five is all-star upside, no doubt, for a 50-win I team. I would say all-star upside. It's hard to make the all-star team as a guard. Yes. Uh, and so I'm not but, – but all-star level – play there was unquestionably it was all-star level play before he got hurt it's not even debatable now it was a short sample size but i think i mean here's the other thing is that um and it's some of the reason why the josh stuff is too bad is because so many of the other dudes on this team are like serious doing the right thing jaron is unbelievable you know i mean jaron obviously with being nominated for the kareem abdul jabbar award for um, social justice, and but I, I think, and in, and you heard Zach Kleiman in the in the end of the season media stuff talk about how important Dez is as sort of a heart and soul player, a voice, right? And I really think people respect his work ethic. I know someone who who uh, who uh, the kid rebounds for him, <laughs> whatever. And like he's he's just he's just shooting, he's just playing basketball all the time. Like all day, he's just playing basketball all the time. Obviously, he's a, he's a dad, I think now, and whatever, and so he's he does that too. But he is a he is really serious about his craft and made himself into what he is. Right? He's mm-hmm. not uniquely physically gifted, um, and so yeah, I think it's optimistic so, to know, to to think to think what lies ahead for him. With that, I heard Jason and John discussing this a little bit earlier about uh, does your best player need to be your your overwhelming leader. Where, where do you stand on that? I, I don't think that that's the case. I've been on plenty of teams where the, the best player, maybe they lead by example, but it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a checklist item for the best player on your team to be your, your vocal leader in the locker room. I look at like the 76ers, P.J. Tucker's the guy. Well, I'm, I'm right, right now you look at the Lakers. I don't think Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is their best player. He is not their vocal leader. Right. Right, right? Uh, we we just take that one right there. I don't know if Jokic is Jokic the vocal leader of that team, or is uh, I don't know if he's necessarily vocal, but he, I feel like there's definitely some leadership. I, no, I, I think that's no. Right, I, I think it's great. I think it's great if your superstar is also the vocal leader. Um, but I think the main thing you need is your superstar to, um, you know, I you do need some vocal leaders. You and you know this and been on teams, you know, forever. Um, but you need your you need your local superstar to not your, be a your problem yes. to be to be dedicated to the <laughs> yes. craft. But if he yes. is quietly dedicated to the craft of being awesome, I don't think it matters if that person is also the vocal leader of the team. Yes, but that person cannot be doing. And back when the New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup, and I apologize for bringing hockey into this. No, that's fine. I love hockey. I think it's because yeah, but I've talked on I talked I've talked more hockey lately. I was explaining partly why. Well, we have the conference finals upon us. It's I wouldn't mind the Raptors winning the the uh, the lottery tonight. Any team East would be great, but I wouldn't mind the Raptors for various reasons. And I was saying that listen, the 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 Canada hasn't won uh, a Stanley Cup since 1993. Canadian team. Yeah. So um, that's another reason. But to think about hockey, back when the New York Rangers uh, last won the cup, well, no, I take this back. Yeah, was Gretzky on that team? 
I, no, Messier. Messier was their best player yeah. and was the vocal leader. Yeah. Maybe okay. the best. Maybe 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 I have to shut up about that one. <laughs> I gotcha. Are you are you an NHL playoffs uh, consumer consistently? I'm an NHL consumer consistently, okay. and because partly because it's the one sport that I followed as a kid that I've never really covered. You know, yeah. I covered it briefly when I was in Florida as sort of a fill-in. I help out on the Panthers occasionally, but. Um, and so I had there's just a certain purity for it for me. Like it's it's I'm just it's fan. beautifully chaotic too when you get to the playoffs. It's just and it's, it's so great chaos when you get to the playoffs. Although it's crazy that you have that you have uh, Las Vegas, Dallas, Florida, and Carolina. Yeah, like that is that is that is interesting. It's crazy. Those are the four teams competing for Lord Stanley's Cup. Yeah, uh, and uh, and all those. Icy places are like don't have a shot. Yeah, and the Panthers handled the Bruins. That was, I mean, that's how chaotic it gets, though. In the shocking, and then the Panthers handled the Maple Leafs. Yep. shocking. Well, but the, yeah, they, 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 okay, the, say, the, the Maple Leafs is a little less shocking. They they always when fall it short. happens in the yeah, but they were betting favorites, yeah, of after, course, in the, heading into the next round. When it happens in basketball, though, it is shocking. Like this this year's playoffs, fairly stunning, really. When it happens in hockey, it's just hockey. Yep. Yep. Like, my Blues in 2019 had no business winning a Stanley Cup. They somehow figured it out. Just being yeah, that's a brutal. Spot. Just being That's a sore spot because Ryan O'Reilly uh, was dealt from the Sabres to your Blues and became – Well, he helped out, and now it's a sore spot to bring up Ryan O'Reilly for me. He's not – he's he's uh, he's gone. Uh, he did what he – he did his job. He but did, it's just, we're, yeah. we're, now, we're, now chasing, we're now chasing listeners with our discussion. <laughs> All uh, right. Well, let's, let's stop doing that. Jeff, appreciate it, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. See you. Bye. Yes, sir. That's Jeff Calkins. Columnist at the Daily Memphian Hockey Fan and uh, host of the Jeff Calkin Show, 9 to 11, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now, realignment and all of the discussions are spinning, and they are getting wild. They're getting wild by the second. We look at the magnificent seven schools in the ACC. That would be Clemson, FSU, Miami, UNC, North Carolina State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. According to Ross Dellinger of SI, they have met in the past several months with lawyers examining the grant of rights in the ACC and if they can get around them, potentially to move conferences. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The deal runs through 2036, and we'll discuss on the other side right here on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. The realignment wheels are spinning. You're back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. And by that, I mean yesterday we had a load of news. A lot of reports uh, about ACC schools and San Diego State as well. I'll get to that first. Football Scoop reported uh, very briefly 
Um, it sort of didn't it didn't really catch a whole lot of traction, so we'll see what ultimately happens here. And I've said this for a long time. It makes way too much sense considering the Pac-12 and where they're at in trying to replace uh, Western markets as Southern, Southern California markets, massive ones in USC and UCLA. San Diego State reported by F- Football Scoop to be a shoe-in to the Pac-12, and SMU could also be on the way as well as they want to get into that Dallas market. But we'll see what happens with that. But the bigger news coming from Ross Dellinger of SI, the magnificent seven ACC schools, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech, have met in the past several months with lawyers, and they're examining the grant of rights uh, deal to determine just how unbreakable it potentially is with the ACC. Now, the ACC deal, for those that don't know, runs through 2036, and right now, considering uh, most media rights deal, is right there in third per school. Um, you know, you have the SEC and the Big Ten atop ACC, and then Big 12, uh, Pac-12 still figuring out their situation. And obviously, this begs the question, where, where do these where do these schools land? Uh, seven schools are not all landing in the same conference. Now, I think there's some schools in particular that really fit the SEC footprint, but the SEC would have to want to bring them in after the Oklahoma and Texas acquisition. Clemson, Florida State, Miami certainly fit the SEC footprint. But is the SEC willing to bring those schools in? I would imagine Clemson, no question. Uh, Florida State sort of has a, a, a – basketball has been down lately, but football – uh, historically, at least since the 90s, uh, late 80s and 90s, has been up. It's back up here with Mike Norvell. Miami has had their moments as well. They have good money, NIL money, a lot of big donors. So those three schools make a lot of sense. But then we talk about North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Where do those schools potentially land if they can break this this uh, grant of rights deal? Is it the Big Ten, right? I, I can't imagine considering this. And Connor, I want your opinion here. If you if you break the grant of rights deal with the ACC, you're not stepping into the Big 12 or the Pac-12. You're reaching for those power two at the top, the Big 10 and the SEC, if you're reaching for anything. I think that'd be the idea. It, it would seem odd to do that without that being the ultimate goal. Yeah. And then where does this leave a lot of these schools here on the outside? Like, if these schools leave... They, they make these power two stronger in the Big Ten and the SEC. How, how do the Pac-12, how do the Big 12 respond? Do they add more schools? Where does this leave Memphis? Where does this leave SMU? Where does this leave Fresno State, who's been talked about? Where does this leave San Diego State, right? Like, there's a lot of questions that would come from this. Now, I have to say, considering the grant of rights is through 2036, and Penn has been on paper for a while, Seems like it's going to be really hard to get out of the grant of rights. Now, I get lawyers could get involved, and some of these schools have a lot of money that they can throw to potentially break the contract, breach the contract, and pay out the ACC. It's a hell I of am, an exit fee. I'm there, but that exit fee through 2036, I'd have to imagine, is massive, and recouping those losses would not be the easiest thing in theory. I, 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 even if you are joining those power two and you're getting upwards of 50, 60, 70 million dollars per year through TV networks, how much is this exit fee going to be to where you can recoup that quickly? There's a lot of questions about it, but the fact that we are talking about seven schools from the ACC who the ACC considered, I, I would consider it compared to where we've been with the Big 12 and the Pac 12, one of the more stable of those, those middle three. If you will, I say Power Two, Big Ten, and, and SEC. Middle three is Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, and ACC. They've seemed to be on the most stable ground, considering they have that deal through twenty thirty six. But it doesn't seem stable right now. Now these guys could learn that hey, it, it may not work out, and they may all land back in the ACC until that grant of rights is up. But the fact that they're talking with lawyers and examining ACC should be shaken a little bit and concerned about the direction this is headed. Yeah, it just seems like that as we go along, these, you know, middle tier conferences or whatever are almost getting eaten alive. Like they're the infighting's happening. They <laughs> it's just it's complete chaos. And I feel like every other week we have a new alignment story to talk about. Almost every single week. Now, but I, to be honest, I was not expecting to see Memphis in this piece at all. Yeah, and when it happened, Ross. I was like, interesting. I, well Do we think it's real or Memphis is it just like was a, part of the last cut for 
right. the Big 12 when Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm losing it. Uh, Houston and uh, SMU? S- no, no, not SMU. Who's the, who's the four school? Cincinnati, SMU, or no, Cincinnati, Houston, <laughs> BYU, and UCF got involved. Like the Tigers were right there in that conversation. Memphis was in that conversation, just didn't quite make that last cut. Then it left SMU and San Diego State and Memphis all in that next tier of teams that could potentially make that jump. But is that jump going to be available? We'll have to see. If these teams can can break off and we, we're worried about the ACC and the ACC has to take in more teams and they take in more teams from the uh, Pac-12 or the Big 12 and then the Big 12 absorbs those four corner schools from the Pac-12, there's going to be so much more movement. And that's what, that's what happens. Texas and OU leaving has caused the dominoes to just continue to fall. People are trying to position themselves for the future of college athletics. And this is where where you get the most interesting stories that develop. And I, I, people will say this all the time, believe everything and believe nothing when it comes to realignment. You, you never fully know the intentions of these, of these schools, these universities, and where it ultimately ends. But we'll see. Now, I, I have to bring something up that I'm very annoyed with. Um, and I, I hope it makes changes um, to the way we support certain schools, um, athletes support certain schools, but I, I also am never in the business of asking athletes, young young guys, to do something that adults won't step up and do. But Ron DeSantis yesterday, oh God. governor yeah. of Florida, he signed a bill into law that would bar the state's colleges and universities from spending money on diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. And it limits how race can be discussed in many courses. I, I can't understand why in a lot of these situations we have elected officials trying to rewrite, erase, and reteach history in their liking. We've already whitewashed history in a lot of ways. We've already made history how we think it should be in a lot of ways. People that are writing these history books, they, 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 they make it the way that they need to make it to, to sort of make it palatable for themselves. And Ron DeSantis has gone out of his way to, to keep universities and colleges, state universities and colleges, by the way, from spending money to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion. Why? why? In, in what way is that a bad thing? In what way is teaching young people about the history of race in this country, where we have been, where we need to go. How is that a bad thing? Does it make you uncomfortable? I think it does. Now, I've heard a lot of people, and this is where it relates to sports, there's a lot of people that say, I really hope that this changes how student-athletes go and support some of those Florida schools. One, I don't know if these schools, these universities, the state schools and universities had much of a say in, in how this went. Um... Ron DeSantis seems to be a loose cannon and does his own things. He's losing. I mean, he uh, the fact that he's fighting with Disney. <laughs> he's losing, his, he's not own, really fighting with them. He's getting punched. He's in the getting face. killed. But the fact <laughs> that he, he picked a fight with with Disney in Florida should tell you a lot about who he is, um, because they disagreed with a uh, with a piece of legislation where you could not teach uh, about gay rights and and about the LGBT community and uh, don't say gay in in, in mm. schools. Um, but there's been a lot of people calling for student athletes to sort of punish these schools by not showing up on campus and not, not participating in, in, in the game, if you will. And I I have to say, I I wish that it would be that easy, but until we have the adults, the, the people at these schools, the people at these universities stepping up and fighting against it, how do we expect the kids, the student athletes to not go to their school of choice, to not show up? Uh, to, to a football program at Florida State that they really want to play for. We need adults to step up and, and handle these things. I'm tired of things being put on the backs of, of, of student athletes and kids. It's very bothersome, but I, I think it's deplorable. It's disgusting. It's disgusting what we saw yesterday signed into law, signed into law in Florida. Diversity, equity, inclusion, it, it needs to be. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Discussed, needs to be talked about, it needs to be part of how we school our children, and I, I'm sick. I'm sick to my stomach about the whole situation, but I, I, I need to... Uh, I need to go ahead and get to small talk here on the other side. Let's go ahead and get into small talk here next. And we have, uh, we have something to talk about in sports media. Pat McAfee has made a decision to move away from FanDuel, where he was making $30 million a year, and he's joined ESPN. We'll tell you the deets on the other side right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Coon Show. And Small Talk is presented by the Memphis Touchdown Club. I hope everybody had fun last night at a speaking engagement over there at Hilton Memphis. Only one more opportunity. Make sure you check it out. We have Greg McElroy coming in down Hilton Memphis next Monday for tickets and information. Memphis Touchdown Club. Dot com. Now I have to give a shout out to the uh, to the folks over at Rhodes. Before yes, sir. We, before we really get into Pat McAfee, Commissioners Cup award winners. Yes, sir. Right, Commissioners Cup, Cup winners. Yeah, yeah. They uh, totaled 110 points in it. If you don't know what the Commissioners Cup is, basically the Southern Athletic Association Conference. It's a competition between the eight schools in the conference to try to total up the most points across your your sports. Throughout the season, uh, Rhodes took the cup this year, 110 points versus Sinners, 105. It's actually Rhodes. Uh, let's see, it's their fourth time winning the cup. They won in 2015, 2018, 2019. And this year, men's soccer won regular season. Field hockey, women's swimming and diving, women's lacrosse. The uh, women's basketball team won the SAA tournament. The men's basketball team had the best season that they've had since 99-2000. Zoe's doing a really good Zoe's job. Zoe's doing an amazing job. We'll probably try to have him. He's a character. We're going to try to have him on the show probably at some point. But a lot of great things happening over at Rhodes. Coach Rodney with that women's basketball program tr- truly turning it into a powerhouse. So shout out to Rhodes. When shout did, out Lynx. When did Zoe get there? He got there, I think, like either the, I think right before COVID. I think COVID was his first technical season, but it's kind of gotten, we, yeah. we don't re- it's, it's not really counted much by the, by the conference and things like that. So he's really only had about two years of really trying to get his program, two, three years. And man, they've got a lot of talent over there. Koki Wiley was quite literally the greatest Lynx player that we may have ever seen. This kid from Carville, Phil Dotson, was an absolute powerhouse on the court last year as a six man. A lot of really exciting things happening over at Rhodes College. Yeah, no question. Now, um, exciting things happening for ESPN as they get back one of the talents they had that they lost um, and Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, we know about the Pat McAfee show, and FanDuel was paying him $30 million a year, a $120 million full contract. He has avoided that. Uh, he says he received four major offers, but his show will move to ESPN beginning this fall. The program will, according to Pat McAfee, retain full creative control. That was big for him because we if you've listened to his show, he needs creative control. Yes. He, need, he has a lot of producers that he brings along with him, and it makes the show fun, and it makes it exciting, and it makes people really latch on to it. And he, he doesn't really delve into anything really away from sports all that much. Um, but those guys have a lot of personality, and he needed that creative control. It will not change format. It will follow get up and first take in the morning. It will follow that. He will uh, – the one, the one uh, uh, sort of uh, what he had to get rid of, he, he says he will not say the, the F word as much. So the F word will be, nah, will be off the table. FCC regulation will have to uh, will have to control that. But it'll air on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and on the YouTube channel for ESPN. Uh, Pat McAfee is an absolute superstar. It's remarkable. He's a media super. What he's been able to do. Now, granted, he's going to take a little bit of a pay cut here to go to ESPN, and obviously, it's a larger platform for him. Although he was getting plenty of uh, viewers viewership on on YouTube as well. Um, but he's going to be somewhere around the $10 million, a little over $10 million per year. So he's going to be one of ESPN's highest paid employees through this process. But, man, I, I, I have so much respect for what he's been able to do. One, this is a punter. This is a punter in the NFL that, that, that quit his NFL career to go per, uh, you know, follow something in media and has made an unbelievable killing at it as a punter. 
I mean, I understand you have running backs, you have quarterbacks that really are analysts on the NFL, but this guy has made a media career being a punter, using his platform as a punter to push it out there. And also, the, the one thing I respect the most about what Pat McAfee's been able to do is he brings his guys along with him, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Like, he puts his people on. And that's, like, I have a lot of respect for people that don't sort of forget about where they're coming from and, and who, they, who has been to, there to help along the way, and he, he really has latched onto that. And that's, that's where a lot of the respect comes from when, when we talk about Pat McAfee. Absolutely, no question about it. I mean, he might, he's one of the shining examples of what happens when you bet on yourself sometimes. You know, he truly did bet on himself walking away from the NFL. He, you know, stand up comedy, he went towards that for a little bit. I'm not sure if he still does that at all, but, but he was still I very mean, funny when think he about did it. it. We have WWE for him. Yeah. We have college it's, it's game so day. Much. We have his ESPN job now, his show. I mean, he. I brought Lord. that up. If you haven't listened to his Peyton Manning bit, when he yeah. did it at the comedy store, go find it. It's hysterical, and I think that Peyton Manning might actually be a walking wizard. Like he might actually like have magical powers based on this story. But no, it's Pat McAfee's one. I think every single person that you know works in sports, works in media, listens to sports, pays attention to it. He feels like he's one of those hundred uh, percent approval rating type type of dudes. I don't know if For I've ever heard part, anybody yeah. say like I don't like Pat McAfee. And if someone said that around me, I'd be like, I'm a little suspect well, if, of you if, now. If you don't like Pat McAfee, I feel like it's more of like a uh, he's some people. I, I have talked to some people that feel as if he's being forced on them, you know. Like, and I'm like, no, he's not. I don't feel he's that. Not, way. I don't feel that no. way at all. Like, it's this is going to sound odd, but it's very easy to not pay attention to him if you don't want to. Just don't watch the things he does. Like, it's that easy. But then his Aaron Rodgers stuff and how much that just broke the news cycle. All over ESPN, everywhere else. ESPN through the process though has sort of fumbled the had fumbled the bag for yes. a while. The fact that they're getting him back on his term shows a massive win on his behalf. And to be honest, a lot of guys don't usually win that battle, right? No, a lot they of don't. guys usually get their ass kicked. I quite wonder frankly, if, in that battle. if the new, I guess, top dog over at Disney and ESPN might have something to do with it. Yeah. I think there's, I think that's a possibility. But they they limited ESPN guests on his show mm-hmm. when he was on YouTube uh, under Fanduel's care, if you will, and I, I, it was never a real good look. It was never a real good look there. And I, I I'm excited to see what it looks like on ESPN. Like I, I sort of wonder with the FCC regulation how that's going because I mean there is I mean there's expletives thrown around on that show, and you're not gonna be able to do that on cable television. No, I wonder what the fines are. Maybe they'll pay it. <laughs> they might pay it. I wonder. You think I'm they'll curious. just have a bleep bleep button ready? They got. I mean, instead of a seven, instead of a seven-second delay, we're putting them on a twenty-five-second delay. What are we doing here for yeah. them to make sure that we don't have issues? I'm curious. I'm curious, but good for Pat McAfee, man. Good for Pat McAfee, and good guy. And by all accounts, is is really he's easy to root for. Yeah, he's easy to root for. It, 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 WWE stuff. I've, I've, I know you're into it. Am I? Are you? Are you a wrestling guy, or am I losing I, my mind? I so every once in a while I'll fall into this like YouTube rabbit hole of getting into wrestling for like two weeks and just watching old highlights. It's, I'm not. Weren't like, you the one that showed me the Bad Bunny highlights, or was no, it, no that, that wasn't was you? Me. Oh, that was not you. Okay, not sorry. me. Unfortunately. Sorry. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, that sounds like a Parker thing. Parker's super. That's into, possible. Yeah. Jeffrey's a, me. Jeffrey's what wrestling. So Mark. you're you you're you're not into it? I'm I'm, I'm not lost. not into it. I just don't go out of my you're way YouTube to watch rabbit it. Hole I'm like it. I just I don't keep up with it as much now as I used to. Like when I was a kid, yeah, of course I was into it. I mean I grew up with the attitude era. It was a big yeah. deal. So Yeah, yeah. That's um, I have I have not latched onto it. I know that's un- it's non Memphis of me to say, but it is what it is. Also today I have to mention this. Um Deion Sanders was on live. Coach Prime. Coach Prime. Please. Is that not his name? I don't know. I can't, Sanders? I can't remember which one he wants Coach to be called. Prime. <laughs> Coach Prime. I'm fine. I won't make the mistake. Coach Prime was on live, and there's a four-star athlete out of California, out of Calabasas, Aaron Butler. Um, he announced his pledge while Coach Prime was on live. He tweeted. He, 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 he went at him. He said um, in the comments of Instagram Live. This is a good Instagram Live story. We've been following a lot of bad Instagram Live I know. stories I just had, like, as of late. <laughs> I just, did you see me shake? Yeah. yeah, but Aaron Butler, who again, four-star athlete out of Calabasas, said, well, I think that describes me to a T coach, no cap. With that being said, I want to officially announce my commitment to the University of Colorado to the world, hashtag welcoming. And then later, Deion Sanders 
chimed him into the Instagram live and he said it. He had the Colorado cap on and everything else. We have seen a lot of different ways that commitments have been. I get all the the commitment videos and everything. This is the first Instagram live on the coach's Instagram account. I think I've seen. And is that illegal? Is that are we breaking rules? Do we do we violate any re- recruiting rules? Because I think you, you're limited to a certain amount of phone calls. Does Instagram Live go into that? You the communication? Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, Does Instagram yeah. Live count as a phone call? Yeah, I don't know. Or is that an interaction technically I, in a I social get, space? I. <laughs> that's a very specific way of putting it. It's how they're going to put it. Yeah, but I think uh, I think. Uh, uh, Coach Prime himself is kind of worried about that. He said he didn't want to violate recruiting rules, um, so I guess he didn't speak to him while he was on the Instagram. We're gonna live have recruiting visit soon in the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever played one of those Oculuses, by the way? Yes, the, yes, the they're Oculus. Yes, unbelievable. Very fun, man. Very fun. Oh my gosh, they're crazy. They're insane. First time I played, I almost I lost my equilibrium. I was very oh, you confused. do. I had to sit in a chair. They have the plank. You have the plank where you can walk on it. And the, uh, my buddy has the golf, the golf that you can play. Oh, I would fall over doing that. I could not do that. The golf's way too realistic, though. Yeah. It's like a real golf game. Like I, I did like I a zombie shooting thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be terrifying. It was, but it was awesome. <laughs> I got you. Now, let's go ahead and, uh, and get Christian Fowler on the show. We need to go ahead and get to a break. And when we come back from said break, um, we'll have the final hour on the way. The Blitz will be at 630, but coming up next – We have a lot of Tigers to talk to. We have to catch up with Christian Fowler from Bluff City Media and from the podcast with me on the Bluff Pod, where you can find it. You can find it at YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. But you're listening to Gabe Kuncho, 92.9 FM ESPN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.